Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Compass Group International, and welcome to another episode of Compass Concierge. Today's podcast was inspired by something that was that happened just over this last weekend. I'm in July 2020. That happened basically in my own stopping ground of Newport Beach. So on Friday, Newport Beach uh, had a huge southern storm swells that hit it and basically flooded areas like in Balboa. And just reading from the LA Times, I want to read this part of the article. And it says, weather forecasters said the coastal flooding was a result of a rare conjunction of increased swell caused by storms in the southern hemisphere, along with higher than usual high tides caused by a full moon. I want to highlight the word rare because these rare occurrences seem to be happening every single year. These hundred year, these hundred year floods seem to be having or occurring every single year. We see devastation in the United States from coast to coast. We're seeing flooding devastation in the Midwest of the United States. And it's not just the United States, you're seeing it all around the world. These massive flooding that's happening all over and wiping out estates, wiping out homes. And that's what I wanna talk about today. I also wanna talk about and acknowledge Another question that frequently comes up, which is, Will, I understand and I remember reading about 15, 16 years ago, the devastating tsunami that hit Thailand. And what can you tell me about that? And also the properties and where you live, are you affected by that? So I also want to talk about that today. So those that are new to this podcast, uh, before I get into it, this podcast is really dedicated for my clientele, my affluent clientele that lives in some English speaking country, whether it's the United States, somewhere in North America, Australia, New Zealand, or somewhere in the UK. And these individuals are looking to basically retire abroad and transfer their lifestyle, their luxurious lifestyle, for example, a place like in Laguna Beach to a place abroad. And I put these podcasts together to help my clients and help educate them during their downtime instead of having to Google everything because they're busy and they just don't have the time to do that. So I want to supplement them and help educate them on some of the questions that they're not thinking about and help answer some of the questions that they can't seem to find. As someone like myself that has been basically walking a mile uh, in this, in this traveling abroad, living abroad as an expat, I can share with you over 20 years of experience from living in Latin America and Central America to now to Southeast Asia and also different parts of the world of why I have picked Thailand as my home. And for also someone like myself, I fit and I have also walked a mile in your shoes, my home in Newport Beach. Uh, that was right next to the harbor and a couple blocks from the beach was $3 million, had four cars. I had an airplane. I bought a boat. Uh, I understand your luxury lifestyle. I understand your needs when it comes down to being able to replicate your lifestyle in another country. And also some of the challenges that you may have because a lot of people think, okay, well, as I mentioned so many podcasts is, well, if I go on vacation and I love it, okay, this is great. Uh, I want to move here. But these podcasts, what they're going to do is they're going to help you answer the questions and think more clearly saying, you know what? That may not be a good destination for you. Why? Because I've been there. And as an expat that lives this lifestyle, you can also walk a mile in my shoes and learn from my mistakes and also why I pick certain destinations as opposed to others. So let's dive into this podcast. So as I mentioned about Newport Beach, you know, it's just devastating to know that these homes that are worth three to four to five, six, seven million dollars that literally are just flooded. And, you know, some of my clients, when I talk to them, uh, you know, whether they're in each part of the coast or even 
you know, along, maybe they live somewhere uh, in, um, what, what's, um, what's what I'm looking for? What's the place I'm looking for? Uh, like Hawaii or Puerto Rico is what they don't realize is that insurance companies, just because your home is insured, you shouldn't have the peace of mind in hoping that should a natural disaster occur, like a horror hurricane, massive flooding from something like a big giant full moon, the insurance company is going to cover that. You know, you automatically assume that, that it is. But when you look at and when you really dive deep and read some of the articles of some of the homes and some of the regions that have been hardest hit in the United States, like in the Midwest and even the East Coast, there are still homeowners fighting years later trying to get money to rebuild their homes or to cover the devastation, the destruction from these storms, from these natural occurrences that basically made their home unfit to live. They're still fighting years later. So just because your three to four to five million dollar home is covered in insurance doesn't mean it's actually protected. So what I want to do is I want to give you, I want you to think more about this clearly and give you more food for thought. Is that look at where you're living and think about that for a minute. Let's say that you live in Southern Florida. You have a home on the water that's maybe $10, $15 million. I'm assuming based on your estate planning that that home is going to be left to one of your beneficiaries, whether it's your one of your kids or another family relative. Or even your trust says that in upon your death, uh, your estate is to be sold and then the money is to be divvied up among the beneficiaries. So let's think forward. 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. Based on what's happening today, around the world, is your home still going to be there? Is your home going to be underwater? Is your home going to be destroyed because of erosion? It's going to fall off a cliff like these estates of Malibu. There's a high probability that it will. That your hard-earned money that has poured into this home is going to be left in shambles and is not going to be able to pass down. Your asset is going to be passed down to your beneficiaries because it's not there anymore. It's destroyed. And here's another thing, too, that a lot of people don't realize is that I predict within the next decade, as more and more of these natural disasters occur, wiping out homes and just Basically, these insurance companies are not going to be able to afford to pay out, uh, you know, pay out and rebuild basically the, these, these damaged homes. There's a strong possibility that some of these big brand names will go bankrupt. So if you have that $5 million home that's there on the coast, and let's just say right there in Seal Beach, and all of a sudden another big swell comes in, completely floods and wipes out your home. If that insurance company goes bankrupt, so is your asset. That's it. And that's, a, that's, a, that's something that people don't think about. Just like, you know what's very interesting is when, uh, when I was uh, a wealth manager and I would sit down with clients, one of the hardest things for them to talk about with their beneficiaries is what's going to happen on their death is basically, you know, talking about their wealth plan, their state, their trust. They just don't like to talk about that with their kids. And they don't like want to think about the day they die or they're in their deathbed. But there's another thing that individuals don't think about is, yeah, the home, a home is one of your largest assets that you will ever own. And, and everyone automatically assumes that it's still going to be there. Well, fast forward to today, 
we've certainly seen that that is not longer the case. What I'm advising my clients, what I'm advising you, is to really think hard about where you live and the home that you have that are the floodwaters getting slowly creeping up, getting higher and higher, inching up higher and higher and higher. If so, you have a wonderful property, sell it. Lease back from the owner. If you love the area so much, just lease back or sell the home and just go rent another property because most likely there are always luxurious homes like that that are, that are available for rent. Save a future of heartache. Save yourself from a future of complete loss of an asset, especially of a luxury home. So example I love to give is let's say, let's go back to Seal Beach. Let's say that home on the water is worth $5 million. Sell that home. Even during this pandemic, uh, you know, the sales are still, eh, they're, they're obviously down, uh, but there are always other people looking for homes like that. But I would say, sell it. And with that $5 million, for half of that, or even a third of that, I could find you another beautiful home here in Thailand that's on the beach that's similar and actually better than Seal Beach, Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, Laguna Beach, any of those coastal beach cities that are very similar to lifestyle, but with nicer people. It's not overcrowded. One of the things that annoyed me about Newport Beach is how crowded it got, especially during the holidays. I had a, it's, you know, obviously I just walked to the beach, but it got annoying. And I had a little Duffy. Uh, a little electric Duffy that I like to cruise on the harbor. And it just got freaking busy. It's like everyone has a freaking Duffy. And especially during a weekend, it just got so crowded. Where it's so nice to live in some of these beach communities and beach cities here in Thailand because it's not as crowded. But what sets it aside and sets it apart from other beach cities in places like the United States or other parts of the world is the luxurious and the finer things in life that I basically get at a fraction of the price. So please, please really consider that. And if you are right now in the process, you're like, okay, well, some parts of the United States, uh, the real estate market is down because it's a pandemic. I can find some good buys and we're looking for maybe a third home or fourth home. Maybe you want to get someplace in Miami or maybe in the Carolinas or maybe uh, get someplace in Orange County or San Diego or something like that. I would say stop. Even Hawaii, stop. Especially Puerto Rico. Stop. Rent instead. Rent instead. And instead, use that money to buy something in Thailand. So let's dive into Thailand. And let's talk about the tsunami, which was obviously, um, it was headline news 15, 16 years ago. Just destruction. The tsunami caused so much damage to this part of the world uh, I think over 250,000 people perished. Lives were not just lost, but people lost everything, lost their homes, massive injuries. Uh, it was just uttermost, it was just destruction. So I want to educate everyone on where the actual destruction is and why I do not buy homes and I don't own one myself in that part of Thailand. So when you look at the map, so if you have a chance, just Google map of Thailand. And when you look at the map and you look at Phuket, Phuket is an island. It's a big island. It looks close to the mainland. Sometimes it may look like it's a part of the mainland, but it's actually a big island. And you look at Phuket. So Phuket is on the west coast of Thailand. And that's where the tsunami hit. It hit the Anaman Sea. So it just demolished Phuket, PP, uh, and went all the way up to uh, Myanmar, to Sri Lanka, and parts of India. It just wiped everything out, just bulldozed everything. But then when you look at just to the right of it, in the Gulf of Thailand, which is kind of like a big giant cove, it was protected. And that's where I live. That's where I put my... That's where I put my clients. That's where I find them homes. Number one, there's no active volcano range in that area in the Gulf of Thailand. 
The tsunami wasn't an impact. No destruction at all in the Gulf of Thailand, any of the beach cities. So when you look at on, on the Gulf of Thailand, on the right-hand side, you'll see Pattaya Jeom Tien, which is where I have one of my homes, and where a few of my clients live. And then also in Hua Hin, which is the other across the bay, again, in the Gulf of Thailand. Also, we live there too, which is very, very similar to Newport Beach. I would call it the Newport Beach, the Laguna Beach of, of Thailand. It's very, very affluent, extremely clean. Uh, just pull up a video on YouTube on Hua Hin Beach, and there's many, many beautiful area photos and area videos of Hua Hin, and it looks like Orange County. But what sets it apart and what makes it better than Orange County is living, living in Newport Beach, uh, like I said, is that it was just riddled with way too many people, not just from Orange County, but also people come from the Inland Empire on the weekends. It just, the busy, it just gets so packed. But Newport Beach is still a small beach city. You know, I live right down the street uh, from a brewery, from Newport, uh, Newport Beach Brewery. And almost right next door to the county restaurant, and you may be familiar with those homes, uh, you know, there was only about 21 uh, ultra-luxury, very modern-style homes that were built. And there was just so many. I can only go to Sabantino's or to the county restaurant or to the brewery or any of those other restaurants by the pier. I can only do that for so much because... I just don't want to eat that same thing all the time. There's a bunch of taco places and, you know, it's just that type of cuisine just got annoying to me. Instead, obviously, I would have to go into Irvine, uh, go into uh, Costa Mesa, Fountain Valley, uh, you know, go to other parts. But I still had to hop in my car and it was annoying because I had to drive. It, it was always crazy. It's just driving from Newport Beach to Irvine. Let's just say going to, going to, um, uh, going to, Got it. The spectrum. That was like a 45 minute, 60 minute drive. And it's not even that freaking far. Going or going to South Coast Plaza. Even going to Fashion Island. Just driving down freaking uh, you know, just trying to drive there was freaking on a weekend was just so busy. But what's nice about a place like Hua Hin is that it's not busy. There are pictures that I have posted on my Instagram and Facebook. During high season, and it still looks like low season in, in Hawaiian. That's what's great. And in addition to that is, I belong to Newport Beach Country Club, and it was always freaking busy. Always freaking busy. Hua Hin is the golf capital of Thailand. There are golf courses everywhere. Uh, one of uh, A world-famous golf course is the Black Mountain Golf Club. Uh, ranked number one in Asia as the best golf course in Asia by Golf Magazine. And ranked, I think, in the top 20 as the best golf course in the world by Golf Magazine. I think it's like 21 or even 26, but I'm not really sure. But you can certainly Google that. So there's a lot of golf courses. But the nice thing is, is that fine dining to... Mom and pop restaurants to casual dining to malls to golf courses. I can either walk to it, my wife and I can either walk to it, or it's like only a 10 to 15 minute drive. That's it. It's not that far at all. I'm not fighting traffic. And and you know what's really funny is that people don't realize, and I lived in Huntington Beach too. Live right across the street from the pier. Uh in um in, in a building called Pier Colony, and uh, it was such a wonderful location. I was right across the pier, right on PCH. Uh, my condo was on the first floor. It's three stories, but it had the unobstructed view of the water, the pier. It was gorgeous. But the reason why I moved from Huntington to Newport is because Huntington just got way too annoying. There's just too many obnoxious people that go there. It, it was just so freaking crowded. And I got tired of just eating those same exact places. And, and it's just all bar food. You got, you know, fr was it Fred's next door at the time? Might be something else now. There's Inca Grill. There's a brew, there's Huntington Beach HB Brewery. 
and then there's like BJ's Pizza. There's only so much of that you can do within walking distance. It just got annoying. Yes, you have the Hilton next door, and then now you have some more restaurants, but you're still very limited to what you can what you can eat. Where in a beach city like Wahin, you have tons of first class restaurants and casual dining, all within walking distance or very short drive. And then even in Jomtien Pattaya, you have even more options because Pattaya City. So we live in Jomtien. And we're only 10 minutes away from uh, from Pattaya. Pattaya is a huge beach city. There's everything imaginable that you want there. What people don't realize is actually how small, you know, California is a big, big city or big or big state. People don't realize exactly how small these little beach cities are. Like Laguna, I hate getting trapped in Laguna. Newport Beach, 4th of July, you get trapped in there. Huntington Beach in a weekend, you can't drive. You're trapped in there. There's no way. And I'm giving these examples because it's not just Orange County. It's San Diego County. It's beach areas in L.A. County. It's the Bay Area. It's Southern Florida. It's parts of the East Coast. It's all the same. Where... Selling that $5 million you know, home, like in Orange County, you can get a much better lifestyle and a better home on the beach that's less crowded and more private and use the rest of the money to save or to live on. And because we're not in a flood zone and there's no tsunamis in that area, you have an asset to pass down. No matter how rich you are, whether you're worth 10 to 150 million, 250 million. The reason why you're rich is because you're savvy and you make great decisions. But what always shocks me is when these very successful individuals make bad decisions. And some of the biggest, worst decisions that these individuals make is their surroundings, their friends. They always surround themselves, and I'll say that for another podcast, they always surround themselves with leeches and people that aren't trustworthy that talk behind their back. But the other thing, too, is that these successful individuals, with all the money they have, they're very, they're excellent in the business world, creating an empire, marketing, as a leader, inspiring their employees, inspiring their staff, innovative as far as creating new product, new services. But when it comes down to their own assets, they know nothing about it. They know absolutely nothing about what type of equities they own, what their asset managers are doing, what their business managers are advising them on. It just boggles my mind that there is no advisor that I know of, and I know of many, that are advising clients not to buy in coastal areas. I'm telling you now not to do it, in a, especially in the States. Because no matter how much money you have, why piss away a $5 million, $10 million, $15, $20 million home? I seen, you know, uh, I remember uh, in Miami uh, cruising down what's, you know, looks like, and again, like Newport Harbor. And driving by these mega mansions that are 15, 20, 30, 50 million dollars. Based on what science is saying, that part of Florida will be underwater in our lifetime. The models have shown it. Trust science. Science is obviously changing all the time, but that's because there are new. Uh, there are new studies, there are new things. But science, still, scientists after scientists and climatologists have said, and they've shown the models of what the devastation of the East Coast is going to look like potentially 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. So in your lifetime, those, those can all be gone. So don't piss it away. And what's, what's worse is when... Individuals are looking in remote islands, island getaways, Bahamas, Caribbean, Fiji, uh, even down in Latin America, 
like Roatan. They're all beautiful places. And, and, you know, I refer back to my couple of podcasts where I talk about why islands are bad. But I'm going re- to reiterate again as those islands are bad because your home will be destroyed sooner or later. Uh, I forgot which hurricane it was. It was a devastating hurricane that rolled through, I think, um, I think it was the Bahamas a couple of years ago. If you're not aware, Sean Connery has a huge home. Uh, he actually retired and lives in the Bahamas. And he had some destruction in his home. And it's only getting worse and worse every year. So that should, you should cross that off your list. If you love the Bahamas and the Caribbean, rent. Rent. There's nothing wrong with renting. Be smart about it. Rent. It's the same exact thing when you're looking at, at, at owning a, a jet. It's better to lease than to buy. Because the cost per flight, the cost per flight hour is enormous. But when you're leasing, obviously, you're taking away the headaches of maintenance. So you're probably asking, you're like, well, why don't I just lease a place in Thailand? Same exact thing. Well, the reason why is Thailand is still in the beginning stages of growth. Where when you look at America, it's a first world developed country in a lot of these areas, pretty much maxed out. Yeah, they're still appreciating, but it's still maxed out. But as these devastations get worse and worse, these natural occurrences get worse and worse, the property values are going to start decreasing. So when you look at Thailand, which is a second world developing country, and you look at the beach communities that I mentioned, there's, there's more appreciation coming. That $2 million home that I found you right on the beach, maybe double that in 10 years. Uh, listen to my one podcast about the high-speed rail line that has been approved by the Thai government that's going to go down to the beach areas. And those will eventually be done too. And that's going to boost the prices of these homes. And also, I say this a lot, but I like to reiterate this. Thailand is one of the top destinations in the world for tourists. Bangkok is the number one destination in the world, beating out London and England the last five years running. So as a business owner, you are also an investor. And you understand the basics of investing. When you're buying a $10 million or $15 million home, how much more is going to appreciate? I mean, I'm looking at these mega, these mega listings uh, on like Sotheby's, DuPont Registry, and you see them all the time. Uh, $25 million home uh, finally got sold for $15 million. $15 million home got finally sold for half the price. Because the market just isn't there anymore. Where in Thailand, the market is huge. And why do I say that? Is because this region has the fastest and largest growing demographic of new millionaires and billionaires in the world. We are outpacing, this region is outpacing new millionaires and billionaires than the West So that means North America, South America, and also Europe and Middle East. This is the fastest growing appreciation for wealth. So what happens when people get rich? They want luxury homes. That's why 51% of all the luxury goods in the world are being sent just to China. Rolls Royces watches, whatever luxury good is, 51% is being absorbed in China alone. The growth in Asia is astronomical. Well, when you look at places like the United States, the middle class is going away. UK, middle class is going away. Everyone keeps talking about that. It's now just rich and poor. Where in parts of Asia, where they have been poor, for decades and decades and decades and decades, and now because of a massive amount of uh, manufacturing, 
Are Americans going to work for $10 a day making shirts? No, they're not. Are Brits going to do the same thing? No, they're not. But will people in Cambodia do it? Yeah. People in Vietnam do it? Yeah. People in Thailand do it? Yep. They will. So because of the growth of manufacturing in Asia, in Southeast Asia, more and more people employed, making more money, thus, they're, afford, they're affording to be able to buy cars and move out. So you don't have three to four families living in one house anymore. Now they're all buying their own homes. And then the people that own those companies are now mega rich. Now they want homes on a beach. So as far as future appreciation resale value, you have a better opportunity of that home that you just bought that I found for you for $2 million on a beach or even $3 million on a beach to be worth double that as opposed to buying that same type of a home somewhere, let's just say, in the United States within hopes that it's not going to be destroyed through a natural occurrence, through flooding or hurricane or fire. It's something that people just don't think about. And that's why I've created this podcast for you. I want you to really think hard. Your advisors aren't talking to you about this. Your advisors, you know, the one of the reasons why I left uh, that financial institution is because of hypocrisy. People are preaching. Here are these asset managers, brokers, financial consultants, whatever they want to be called. I mean, I had a fancy title, Vice President of Wealth Management. And, but none of them were actually practicing what they preach. That's the ironic thing. That's the ironic thing. You know, when I was working for this institution, I was, you know, I, I was ready to quit very, very soon uh, because I was making basically a ton more money with my real estate investments uh, than I was basically, you know, one flip of a home was basically like half my salary and uh, for the year. So I remember one time I flipped a home and I made a hundred grand and the LA Auto Show because uh, I would be uh, in downtown LA in our office in downtown LA for our Monday morning meetings. And the LA Auto Show was there and my group, uh, we, we got all these free tickets. So I went there with a whole bunch of young brokers and so forth. And these are the brokers that sit in the office, like in each branch. And my group is very different. You had to come in with at least $5 million. And then, you know, it's, it's much more intricate wealth planning, mostly fixed income and so forth. But I went with a big group of these young brokers. And uh, here we are looking at these cars. And it's the very first year that the Mini Cooper came out and was showcased in the LA Auto Show. I'm like, that's the coolest looking little car, and I freaking want one, even though I have a Porsche right now, I want that car. That's what I want. I want a Mini Cooper S. You know, I put in my order. And then uh, one of the brokers, you know, I, I kind of shared, obviously, my investments for my real estate, and he's like, dude, why don't you just buy a Ferrari? I'm like, I don't need a freaking Ferrari. I want a Mini Cooper. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, what do, you think the, what do you think the car payment is going to be on that? I'm like, car payments? I'm paying cash for it. He's like, why are you going to pay cash for it? I said, because I have it. And why wouldn't I pay cash for it? Why do I want to accrue more debt? I'm like, dude, you're a financial planner. Do you not understand that being in debt is bad? Is that hard for you to comprehend? And that is the biggest mistake that most clients make, is that their financial planner is up their eyeballs in debt. All they're doing is just looking to generate fee income from you. They're not practicing what they preach. It's pathetic. And that's why I left industry. And that's why I fell in love with real estate. It's tangible. I can touch it. I can feel it. I don't have some other third-party knucklehead that's managing my money. And I have control over it. So this podcast, I know I kind of went off tangent, is about tsunamis. Short answer, I give it a lot of short answers, no tsunamis in the areas that I'm buying homes for my clients and I'm, I'm suggesting for you. You have nothing to worry about, no devastation. Number two, extreme growth, high appreciation down the road, and like you always hear, 
They're not making beachfront property. What you see is what you get. When it's gone, it's gone. So places like in Huahian Beach, yes, it's a big beach. And then we have another beach, uh, coastal city called Cha'em, which is right next to it. And you can have homes on the water in Hua Hin, and Cha Am is just right across, right across street from, from the beach, right across the street from the beach, kind of similar to like uh, homes in Laguna or Huntington Beach, but you still have an unobstructed view. But homes in Hua Hin on the sand, those are few and far between. Once those are gone, they're gone. They're not building anymore. So now is the time to get in. It's like I remember uh, one of my clients. Uh, is from Newport. Uh, he lives in Newport Beach, and super nice guy. And he owned a couple of furniture stores, and uh, he owned a couple of Thomasvilles, and was very, you know, did very very well. And uh, he wanted to he wanted to refinance his house in Newport, and it, and I think at the time it appraised for he was only, I think he was actually on the beach. I think at the time it appraised for like three and a half one million dollars. And he's like, well, he's like, take a wild guess what I paid for this house. I'm like, well, how long have you owned it? He's like, I've owned it for like over 20 years. Or like, I don't know, maybe 30 years. I can't remember specifically such a long time ago. And I'm like, I have no idea. I said, I, said, I don't know, 700000 He's like, no, I paid like, I think he paid like a couple hundred thousand for it. <laughs> and he's like, at the time, it was a lot of money. I'm like, I'm sure it was, but it's crazy. So... It's like when you're, when you're buying beachfront property here in Thailand, it's like buying decades ago in the States or even Australia. I mean, Australia and Auckland. So Sydney is one of the most expensive cities in the world. Auckland is also on top of there. And Sydney is one of the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. And it makes Newport Harbor, it puts Newport Harbor to shame. It puts San Francisco Bay Area to shame. It's just gorgeous. And homes are so freaking expensive. And it's like, God, can you imagine buying in Sydney Harbor uh, like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, when it's underdeveloped? And that's what I'm offering you is an opportunity to not just live in a wonderful beach city where you're going to be extremely happier, stress-free, you're going to have all the finer things in life that you need, uh, and, and then some, but also you're going to have better appreciation. And then going back to the beginning, talking about Newport Beach, talking about Bobo Island, about it flooding, it's going to happen again, folks. It's going to happen again. You know, it's just like when you see, you know, these homes in Malibu due to erosion, it's just it's heartbreaking, and those homes can't be insured anymore because um, because because of potential loss. So these homes are worth millions and millions and millions, with these killer views are going to be gone. So please don't make that mistake. You've made the great decision on building an empire, a business empire in your professional life. Please make better decisions, and I'm helping make decisions based on your personal finances. Don't just piss away money. There are better investments out there. There are better cities to live. A lot of people uh, don't like change. But what if the change is actually better? The misconception of Thailand is some third world piss poor country, you're wrong. Look at the videos of Bangkok. Bangkok is almost a mirror image of New York, but better. We have no snow, better lifestyle. We have better restaurants, world-class cuisine from all over. We have better condos, better penthouses, and they're all brand new. It's not like you're buying these old homes that are 20, 30, 40 years old, and these old rundown condos. No, these are brand new. We have the brands, and we have the Mandarin, we have the Ritz. Um, we have other high-end developers that we work with the top 10 developers in Thailand that build uh, the best properties in Thailand. These penthouses are gorgeous, amazing. 4,000, 10,000, 15, 20,000 square feet with a beautiful view of the city. 
with all the amenities. One of the things about some of these older buildings in New York and even in L.A., L.A. is a little bit better because they have, for example, like the W residences and so forth, because it's a little bit newer. But still, the problem is, is that a lot of these high-rises in America and also in the U.K., even Australia and New Zealand, is that they're older. So the amenities aren't there. The pool is old. The gym is just pathetic. Uh, everything just old and grungy. When you're looking in Thailand, you know, whether it's a brand new home or condos, I love condo living because I love uh, all the amenities. The amenities, it's like living in a hotel. Gyms are filled with techno gym equipment. First class. If you don't know techno gym, just Google techno gym. It's one of the finest and best pieces of exercise equipment in the world. Steam, sauna, female, male locker rooms, uh, brand new uh, type of pool with it. You know, it has all the amenities that you need to live like you're living in a resort. And then you're within walking distance of everything. Nicer people, more compassionate people. Thailand has reopened. You know, while the rest of the world, like in Brazil and the UK, and especially the United States, with a rapid amount of infections, the United States, I guess, has now passed 3 million infections, which the CDC still and many people still believe that actually it's 10 times higher. And people are getting infected left and right. People aren't practicing social distancing. People just have disregard of others. We're here in Asia. It is ingrained in our DNA to follow the rules. And people care about other people. They're respectful of others. Thai people are very respectful of others and they are very polite. Very polite. Very well-mannered. And I enjoy that. As, as a Taiwanese, Japanese, in my blood, you know, two countries... If you want to wear a little history, uh, Japan uh, basically ruled over Taiwan for about 80 years. So a lot of the Taiwanese culture is also that we've ingrained the Japanese culture. So being polite, having great manners, loyalty, honor, respect others, follow the rules is a part of our culture. Thailand is very similar to that. Thailand has actually never been ruled by anywhere, by any other foreign country. France, obviously... Uh, was in Vietnam for many for a long time and then slowly worked its way into like Cambodia and Laos but it didn't make its way to, to Thailand. Thailand during the history uh, most of its wars with with the Burmese, uh, the people from Myanmar. But no one's ever ruled over Thailand and uh, the Thai people are so friendly so compassionate and that's what I love about Bangkok and I'm actually in Bangkok right now is I'm filled with everything that I need, but with really warm and compassionate people. It's like being in New York, but without the snow, and without the mean people, and without the crime. We'll talk about crime in, in, in another podcast, but Thailand, you're extremely safe. You're, you're extremely safe here. I'm a gun owner in the States myself. I have my CCW. Uh, I am licensed to carry, I think, in half the states. I, am, I have been shooting uh, re- since the age of, I think, 14 years old. I do it right. I practice safety. I'm not stupid with my guns. I respect the gun. I respect the laws. But I don't miss having a gun. I don't miss that at all. When I'm in the States, I do carry. I carry. Whether I'm a huge, I love revolvers, uh, but I also love my, uh, my, my SIG 365. But I like not having to worry about that kind of stuff. I like the fact that I don't have to worry about going to a movie theater and some idiot doesn't come in and mow people down. I don't have to worry about that. Can't carry a gun here in Thailand. Sure, you, you, you obviously, there are, there's gun violence, but nothing like the United States. It's safe here. And the other thing too, 
one thing I love about Hua Hin and Jiong Tian, extremely safe. So Hua Hin, uh, if you haven't listened to my other podcast, one of the uh, one of the the royal well, the royal family has a huge palace here. So the late king that just recently passed away, which was an amazing. Uh, if you have the chance, if you really love Thailand and you're really getting into it, research the history of the late king. Uh, quite an amazing, amazing man. And, and the Thai people just absolutely loved him so much. And uh, it was a huge loss of the country when he passed away. But he and the queen uh, live in Hua Hin. And when you see him on TV in Bangkok, they would actually drive up to Bangkok, obviously stay there and, and do their... PR and do whatever needs to be done, but they but their home base is in their palace in Hua Hin. So why is that important? Because the royal family lives in Hua Hin, it's safer than a lot of other cities. It's nicer. The people here are friendlier than any other city. It's true. I mean, I love living in Jiang Tian because we have accessibility to all the fun stuff in Pattaya and Jiom Tin. But we also love coming to Hua Hin because the people here are just so friendly. So friendly. All the restaurants we go to, um, everybody uh, knows my wife and I now. We've only been there a couple of times and they recognize, oh, it's so good to see you again. And they're so friendly, come talk to us. And everyone speaks English. So it's just, it's so nice to have that. I mean... The Thai beach cities, they're big, filled with everything to do, but it's small enough where people will know you by name. They will. And that gives, you know, as a resident, it makes you feel better. It makes you feel more comfortable when you go into an establishment that people know who you are. It's like cheers. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And my podcast, what I like to do is I like to raise questions that you haven't thought about. And I hope I did this with us in the podcast. Number one is analyzing your home where you live. Should you keep it? Should you sell it? Are you happy there? Are your advisors giving you the right direction when it comes down to your personal finances? You know, one of the things is um, financial advisors do not like me. Do you know why? Because how financial advisors and brokers get paid is the amount of money they have under management. So they make certain basis points, whether it's basis points is under under 1%. So they'll make, you know, whatever uh, point blank, blank, blank percent of your assets under management. So what happens? If you want to buy a $3 million home abroad, that means you have to sell off some equities and give it to someone like myself to go find you that home. That $3 million is coming out of his or her pocket, out of that broker. And they will do everything they can to advise you, saying, oh, it's a big mistake. You don't want to do that. Oh, you don't want to do that. Oh, you don't want to do that. You know why? It's affecting their pocketbook. Even though these people are supposedly fiduciary and supposed to basically, if you make money, they make money. And it's supposed to be advising your best behalf, but they're not. What it comes down to it is when you're taking money from your account, your brokerage account, selling off equities or fixed income or whatever it may be to purchase a property abroad, advisors hate that. They hate me because I'm taking money out of their pocket even though it is better for their clients. That's why advisors, if you're wondering, which is another horrible, horrible decision, when I see so many affluent clients that can easily pay cash for their homes, instead their advisors say, don't worry about it, this is what I want to do. So instead of taking $5 million out of your portfolio, we'll go through private banking, we'll put a loan on your equities, and then we'll provide you with a 30-year loan for your home. And you, and you only have to put down maybe like 10%, 5%. That's the stupidest thing. That's the dumbest decision that people make and get conned into. 
Debt is bad. I don't care. Debt is bad. If you have the means to pay off a property, and, and, and the advisors always raise the opportunity costs. Oh, well, your portfolio is doing so well. So if you sell it now, the opportunity cost is down the road. It's going to grow to this, 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 and this, and this. Well, the thing is what advisors fail to tell you, because many of them don't make the money like you made, is that nobody has a crystal ball to tell you what your financial future is. Life event changes. What if there's embezzlement in your company? What if you are under a federal indictment for something? You created a product that killed a whole bunch of people. Now you're being sued. So the thing is, is that what rich people fail to realize over and over again, and I've seen this over and over and over again, is the one percenters think that the money is going to come keep pouring in. But they fail to realize that a life event change, a pandemic, a global crisis like this, that I've been preaching. When you go back to my SoundCloud channel, I have been preaching my plan Z to prep people for something like this. I've been doing this for over a decade. I call it plan Z because I'm preparing my clients for unforeseen future. Embezzlement, getting sued, divorce, a pandemic like this, that their business can completely go sideways and go under. Now they've lost everything. But if you paid cash, like I suggested, for homes abroad, put them under a trust. We have them under an LLC and under trust for your protection. It's a protected asset. It can't be touched. We'll save that for another podcast. I'll start getting to Plan Z again uh, with Anchor. Uh, but please reconsider uh, the decisions that you're making when it comes down to your real estate investments and future real estate investments. And also take a good hard look at your financial advisors to make sure that they are advising your behalf, not theirs. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'll talk to you soon.